Hi, you're listening to a podcast brought to you by the teaching team at New Life in North Lincolnshire. New Life is committed to helping transform people and transform places through the love and power of Jesus Christ. We hope you, in some small way, will be blessed and transformed by this message. Great, that's a good intro, isn't it? Fabulous. Well, you've maybe guessed already that I want to talk to us today about celebrating. Is that good? So it's the 1st of May, everybody, isn't it? And today is May Day, and it's a traditional day of celebration. And so as I was preparing to speak, I couldn't get away from the fact that we are called to celebrate, aren't we? As people of God, we are called to praise and we are called to worship. May Day is this traditional holiday day, a day of celebration. Um, traditionally, people in Britain, anyway, dance round a maypole. So have you got yours ready? Yeah? And, uh, and they might even crown a May Queen as well. So, yeah, Celia, I think she might be up for that. And not only that, but actually today, and I'm not quite sure who decides this, but today is the International Day of Laughter. So you've all been given permission to, today to just have a good laugh. Is that all right? Well, one thing that will make you laugh... Um, you see this here? See that there? That's me beside myself. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not very good at, <laughs> at telling jokes, but I thought I'd give it a go. Another thing that might make you laugh is that um, I was educated at Oxford, did you know? And um, yes, I was. Um, I, uh, I, after my A-levels and a little one-year uh, gap year, I headed off down to Oxford and uh, I was in the university city. But I wasn't at the university. Mm. I was training at the Occupational Therapy College there in Oxford. But it was a real privilege to um, be at college down in Oxford. And on this day, on May Day, one of the delights that you get to see, and it has happened again this year, having had a gap of of two years because of COVID, um, May morning at 6am, loads of people line the streets and they head to Magdalen College, that's how you say it, Magdalen, not Magdalen, that's how it's spelled, but you say Magdalen. You learn a few things when you go to Oxford. And, uh, and at the bottom of the tower, um, everybody stands and congregates and on the bridge there. And the choir of Magdalen College at 6 a.m. in the morning sing as the sun rises. And it's beautiful. And it's, start, it's the start of the May Day celebration. And then all the students, what do they do? They don't particularly join in they jump in the river and they have a jolly old time but they have learnt uh, not to jump now because they've found out that the river is only two feet deep and a few people are having a few injuries so uh, I think they just kind of step in now and have a bit of a paddle or maybe they're not even allowed to do that but anyway and the choir sing and they sing Um, a song written by Benjamin Rogers in 1685 called Hymnus Eucharisticus. And they sing in Latin 
And I'm not going to tell you what the Latin is, because I didn't learn that much when I was at Oxford. But I can tell you what the English is. And I thought it was ni- would be nice for us to hear what they sing on May morning, because they will have sung it this morning at 6 a.m. over the city of Oxford. They sing this. We worship you, O God the Father. We offer you our praise, for you nourish our bodies and minds with heavenly grace. We adore you, O Jesus, you the only begotten Son, you who did not disdain to submit to birth in the virgin's womb. Driven onto the cross, you were made the victim of God's wrath. Through you, our only saviour, hope of life, returned to us. To you, eternal spirit, by whose breath was born, by Mary, the infant God, be our eternal blessings. Triune God of all humanity, the great author of salvation, this immense mystery, our tongues all cheer and sing. Wow, isn't that great? And that was written 500 odd years ago and that is still being sung across uh, Oxford uh, today. Isn't that fab? Praise to our eternal triune God, the author of life and of salvation. And I was thinking, you know, um, it's fitting, isn't it, that we continue to be a people who celebrate God, the creator, and all the life that he gives I was reflecting too, because many of you know I absolutely love this time of year when the cherry blossoms come out. And they've been out and they've nearly gone, haven't they? There's only a couple of weeks. Um, But in Japan, they have that festival, the Hanami Festival. It's the flower festival. And they celebrate life. They celebrate the new birth that there is upon the earth. And they have a common phrase and they say no one is a stranger under the cherry blossom trees isn't that nice because they're celebrating each other they're celebrating the fact that they're community and that they can be friends with their fellow man we in Britain we have men with bells on their legs waving hankies (laughs) Morris dancers Um, But anyway, it's celebration, isn't it? And um, we too can join in, particularly as we start this May season and we look forward to all the spring and the summer. We can celebrate new life too. But why should we as Christians celebrate? Well, the first thing I want to say is we should do it because Jesus did it. I have a phrase that I try and bring to mind regularly. If it's good enough for Jesus, then it's good enough for me. And that should be true, shouldn't it? If we're followers of Jesus, if it's good enough for Jesus, then it's good enough for me. Why should we celebrate? Because Jesus celebrated. Being a good Jewish boy, which he was, he would have learnt how to celebrate regularly. 
celebrating the provision and the salvation of his God. The Jewish tradition is one of regular feasts and festivals the whole year through. How are you doing at celebrating feasts and festivals the whole year through? We're not that good, really, are we, in Britain? Any countries here, anyone from a country that's really good at celebrating feasts and festivals? Anyone think they're from a country that's really good? Lavinia? Which country? Wales. Wales. They probably are better than what we, particularly in England, maybe do. But I know some countries are really good at celebrating feasts and festivals. And that's what Jesus would have been used to. Can I just say the word for festival in the Hebrew can be translated. I won't say what the Hebrew is, but I will, it can be translated to meaning that it is a divinely appointed time to dance. Have you got your dancing shoes on this morning? Okay, so these festivals that Jesus was used to engaging in were times of feasting and celebrating and dancing and rejoicing in the favour and the provision of God. Here's some for you. I don't profess to be a Jewish historian, um, but here, here are seven of the festivals and feasts that Jesus would, would have engaged in. The Passover, yeah? We know that one. We've just celebrated Easter, haven't we? And that uh, Jesus, uh, with his last supper, was celebrating, or it was the night before, uh, the Passover, and so he, the, the Passover was when uh, the children of Israel were in Egypt and they were being rescued from the oppression of Pharaoh. And um, God said to them, paint the blood of the lamb on your door lintel, on your door frame. And um, Pharaoh had had many opportunities to let the children of Israel go, and there'd been different plagues. Um, but the angel of death was going to pass by. And if the blood was painted on the doorframe of the people of Israel, then the, the death would not come to their household. The firstborn son would be saved. And that is what happened. They painted the blood of a lamb on their doorpost and they were saved. That is the celebration of the Passover that Jesus would have celebrated. Another one is, and that's a, a major festival that they continue to celebrate. Another feast was that of unleavened bread. And when they were rushing out of Egypt, um, God said to them, um, don't gather any yeast. You haven't got time to bake bread with yeast. Bake it without yeast and get out. And um, it's a symbol that they need to get rid of sin. The Bible tells us later uh, that the yeast permeates through the whole dough. And, uh, and, it, and it just continues to uh, spread. And uh, it's a reminder to rid yourself of sin. So Jesus was used to celebrating this feast of reminding themselves as people of God to get rid of sin. Get rid of everything that contaminates you, that spreads so easily. 
Another feast was that of the first fruits. And this was about um, being thankful for the provision of God. The first fruits uh, on this occasion was for the barley harvest, one of the first harvests, harvests in, the, in the year. And, um, and this was um, a, a feast that they did in honor of all the provision that God gave to them, everything that they had for their resource. And what they had to do, interestingly, was they, um, they, couldn't, um, they couldn't receive anything from God until they had given. They, they had to worship and they had to give before then they could know God's favor. Another significant festival then is the festival of what we call now Pentecost, but it was called the Festival of Weeks because it was 50 days after the Passover and they would celebrate the wheat harvest. And this was a time when uh, in, in ancient history, ancient, ancient Israel, that uh, God gave Moses the law, the Torah, uh, the Ten Commandments as being part of that. And so they celebrated the fact that God had spoken to them. God provided for them again. It was another festival, another harvest of wheat this time. So they were thanking God for his provision, but they were thanking God for his word and his, for his direction that nourished them. Another major festival. Another one was a feast of trumpets. Okay, this is all celebration throughout the year. This is all this is all sort of major silly, um, enjoyment and and thankfulness. One of trumpets, and this is about sounding a ram's horn, and this is about God being their deliverer. And um, uh, when um, Abraham was being tested and uh, he, God said to him, you know, would you sacrifice your son Isaac, who had been the promised one, who God was going to fulfill his promises through and, and build a great nation of Israel. And Abraham said, Abraham said, whatever you want, God, because I trust you. And he went to sacrifice his very own son, Isaac. And God said at the very last moment, no. I've provided for you a ram in the thicket. I provided a substitute. And therefore, God was Abraham and Isaac's deliverer. And that is when the sound of the ram's horn is blown, the trumpet, that is a sound of deliverance. And, and the people of Israel celebrate that feast, the feast of trumpets. Are you getting this? <laughs> getting a little bit of information here. The next one was the Feast of Atonement, where the high priest once a year went into the temple and did loads of sacrifice. And all the people had to fast and ask for forgiveness for their sin. And that had to happen year after year after year after year in order to atone for the sin of the people. So that was another feast and another significant moment where the people recognized that in order for them to be in relationship in any way with God, they had to undergo these feasts and these rituals and they had to remember these moments. And the last one is the Feast of the Tabernacles where um, when the, um, they, they lived in temporary shelters, and this is at the autumn time, and another time of harvest where they harvested olives and grapes, and uh, it, they stayed in temporary shelters in order to do that in the fields. A bit of a farming history as well, isn't it, eh, of the people of Israel? And, um, 
And so, because there was so much harvest, they needed to be out there and they needed to be gathering it in. But it reminded the people of Israel that when they were in the wilderness for the 40 years, they were in temporary accommodation. And it's, and it's a pointer to the fact that we are all in temporary accommodation. This is not our permanent home. We are looking forward to a day when we will be with Jesus, with God forever in our heavenly home. The people of Israel knew the significance of celebrating God and all that he had done, all that he was providing for them. And the wonderful thing is, is that all these things are fulfilled in Jesus Christ. And we get to come, and we get to come on a Sunday morning, and we get to live every day, being able to celebrate all of this that has been fulfilled in Jesus Christ. What a privilege. It's a good reminder for us, isn't it? That actually what we get to engage in, what we get to receive in Jesus Christ is actually something incredibly special and an incredible privilege. I think um, uh, it's no surprise then that as Jesus came to fulfill all the fulfillments of the law is what the Bible tells us. And he came to be the Passover lamb, didn't he? The one who shed his blood so that we could know forgiveness of sin as we put our faith in him. He came to be the one who uh, enables us by his Holy Spirit to live a life that rejects sin. He continues to be our bread of life who resources us day after day after day. He continues to be our deliverer. Uh, the one who, when we cry out for help, the one where we say, God, I'm going to trust in you and I'm going to trust that you are going to provide, that he provides for us every time. And he's the one who uh, is the great high priest who has uh, paid the price once and for all so that sacrifice doesn't have to be paid year after year. And he's the one in, in whom we look towards that one day we are going to be joined with him forever. And we are going to live with him in eternity in bliss. Jesus came in order that we might have that relationship with God um, on that personal, intimate, corporate level. There's no surprise then that his first miracle that he performed, I think, was at a wedding and he turned water into wine. He wanted us to celebrate the fact. He was saying, here I am in order that you might be in relationship with me. One day we, we're called the bride of Christ. We will be married with him. And we, he wants us to celebrate relationship with him and with each other. Jesus comes to fulfill that need uh, for us to be in right standing with God and what a privilege it is that we can know him and that we can receive him by faith.
Uh, I came into church uh, last week and uh, Gary there, who's uh, out there sort of holding up the fort there in the foyer, he was having some fun. He was being cheeky and he was, you know, having a good laugh. And Janet Taylor turned around and said to him, what's got into him this morning? He He must have had an especially big breakfast. Because he was full of it, full of fun and full of, uh, uh, yeah, cheek, really. And, you know, Gary turned round and said, yeah, I'm talking about you, Gary. Hey. And he turned round and said, well, it's the Lord's day. We should have fun. You know, we should be happy, shouldn't we? We should be able to celebrate. And I, that struck a chord within me. And I said, yes, that's right. That's so true. It's the Lord's day. Russ said it earlier. This is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it that God, God has given us this day. The Psalms, aren't they? Reading the book of Psalms, Gillian read from the Psalms. It talked about rejoicing and dancing. Have we forgotten it? Do we skip over it? I know I have. I know I've lost some of that ability over the years to skip and dance and rejoice and praise God. How about you? We're encouraged to do it all the time. How how are you doing with your rejoicing and your celebrating in our good, 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 good God? The Psalms are full of it, praising and rejoicing. Here we go. Here's some. Uh, I've written them down because it would take me ages to just look at them. But you can open them up. It's everywhere. Rejoice, praise, dance, be exuberant, lift up your voice. Here we go. Psalms 113 verse 3 says, From the rising of the sun, May morning, get that sun up. It's time to praise God. From the rising of the sun to the place where it sets, the Lord's name is to be praised. Psalm 95, 1-2, come let us sing for joy to the Lord. Let us shout aloud to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before him with thanksgiving and extol him with music and song. Psalm 66, shout for joy to the Lord. Are we hearing this? Shout for joy to the Lord, our God, all the earth, all the earth. Sing the glory of his name. Make his praise glorious. Make his praise glorious. Make it glorious. The G choir, woo, they're going to make his praise glorious, aren't they? Are you booked in? Can we join in and make his praise glorious in this time and in this day? Say to God, how awesome are your deeds. Uh, Psalm 122, I rejoiced with those who said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. We used to sing a song. I thought it was in the Bible, but when I read it again, it's not there. <laughs> and we used to continue that. And it used, we used to say, let us go to, I rejoiced with those who said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Peter will know it. They'll be singing. They'll be dancing. There'll be victory. In the house of the Lord today. Russ is saying it is there. It wasn't in my translation. But anyway, I'll look, I'll look in a slightly different way. Maybe we were a bit more Bible literate when I was young. No, we were very Bible literate. Anyway, Psalm 30. 
Here we go. You turn my morning into joyful dancing. You turn my morning. I look, <laughs> oh, looking at Linda. You turned her morning into joyful dancing. You removed my clothes, sackcloth of clothes, and you clothed me with joy. Why? That I might sing and not be silent. Oh, Lord, my God, I will give you thanks forever. You see, Jesus has set us free, hasn't he? We're no longer slaves to fear, but we're children of God. We're clothed in his righteousness. We're saved by his grace. We're loved. We're forgiven. We're healed. We're accepted. We're filled with the Holy Spirit. We're set apart for God and his purposes. We're citizens of heaven waiting for our heavenly crown and our reward in heaven, not on earth, in heaven. We're promised eternity in bliss with him forever. Why should we praise him? Why shouldn't we praise him? Why shouldn't we praise him? He's our saviour, our lord, our father, our friend, our rock, our deliverer, our peace, our joy, our comforter, our counsellor, our confidence, our courage, our strength, our provider, our creator. He's in control. Wow. He's the bread of life. He's the true vine. He's the door. He's the gate. He's the light. He's the truth. He's the way and he's the life. He's Jesus. He's my love. And he's my Lord. Let's praise him. Let's praise him. Just give him another praise, round of applause. It's right to praise him. It's fitting to praise him. It's God's will that we should praise him. Wow. The scripture encourages us. Give thanks. Praise God. Raise your voice. And then we had, I was encouraged last Sunday. It inspired me, as you can tell. <laughs> and uh, we had a great friends and partners gathering too. A people of God committed to serving God and the local church. And we had a great time together. There was fun and, and, and there was fellowship and there was faith. It was fantastic. And then I've been and visited a dear, dear uh, worshipper from among New Life Church this week. I visited the lovely Mary Hogg. Dave and Mary have been part of this church for many, many years. And I walked into her room. She's in a care home. And both her and Dave have given me permission to share this story. And I'm going to share a little clip. Some of you may have seen it already, but I wanted to share it again for those that haven't. I walked into her room because she's a woman who learned to play the guitar in her later years because she wanted to continue to witness and to share God's love in care homes and, uh, and around the church's Methodist circuit. They often went round. And I took a guitar with me. She's not played for several, uh, maybe over a year. I gave it to her. The first thing she did was tell me it was out of tune. <laughs> so I was there frantically trying to tune it up, used a little YouTube video. Gosh, I'm out of my depth here. But anyway, we tuned it up. Still wasn't quite, no, it's not quite right, that last string. But anyway, I said, okay, let's just go for it. And uh, gave her the guitar. 
And the first thing she did was this. Across, it? Absolutely. Wow, that so blessed me because it was just instinctive for her to just praise God as soon as she got that guitar in her hands. And apparently, uh, she's not stopped um, writing down all the songs that she can remember and uh, wanting a guitar and to share God's love. For those that don't know Mary, anyone guess how old she is? Those that don't know her, anyone guess? 90, Norman says, anyone else think? 95? Nearly, yeah, she's 97. 97. And still seeking to praise God. It's time for us to be a people who can really praise the Lord, isn't it? In spite of our circumstances, Mary has been through a huge operation. I didn't think she was going to survive when I saw her when she first came, was in hospital. And here she is today, and she said, yes, I'm happy for you to share that, to show the church what God can do. She wants to give glory to God. Isn't that fantastic? And so, you know... Why should we praise? Why should we celebrate? Because, as the scripture tells us in Nehemiah 8, verse 10. I think that's going to come up on the screen. Maybe not. Here we go. Yes, it is. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Because as we praise and as we honor God, then our perspective is shifted and we can we see the God who provides and who uh, enables us to continue on this journey here on earth, giving honor to him. The joy of the Lord really is our strength. And it will be your strength through every circumstance. So... How should we praise? Well, I think we've started to see through some of the scriptures uh, in the Psalms, and particularly if we look at one of those authors of so many of the Psalms, if we look at the life of King David, the great music director of all time, and how did he celebrate? 
Well, the Bible tells us when we look at his uh, store, the story in Samuel, it tells us that David praised the Lord with all his might. He was exuberant. He gave everything. He danced before the Lord with everything that he had. Praise and celebration of our God and particularly as we look through the scriptures is so often loud okay so no point in saying sorry it's too loud this morning it would have been much much louder than what we ever hear here we're not that loud just at the moment are we we used to be and I'm not saying that we have to be all the time but there's a time and there's a place isn't it to sing a loud Make a loud, joyful noise to the Lord. These festivals, these celebrations, they would have been loud. They would have been lavish. And they would have been long. Yes, they would have been long. Many of them went over weeks. Some of them were a whole, you know, the the shortest one was 24 hours. You know, it's like days and a whole month of celebration and festival. Yes, they would have gone to sleep in between. But you had to have the energy to get up. Are you coming to the big weekend? It's just a weekend, isn't it? Can we put our all into it? Can we come prepared to praise and to celebrate our good God? That's what we're doing, aren't we? We're celebrating our good God. We're celebrating once a year. We're giving our all. I just want... God to be praised in the way that he's due. Do you? I've often have had, had desires woo, to see stadiums full praising God. Many of you probably have too. And isn't it fantastic when you see that large crowd? But do you know what? It's not a concert. I think when we get to, to, to go into some of these events that are big crowds, We end up going into sort of like audience mode, don't we? We're not at a concert. It's totally different to what we experience in the world. We're not looking at performers on the stage, even though some of them are are good looking. And even even though some of them are great singers and great musicians, that's not what it's about. We're celebrating. We're coming together together as a community of God's people, to celebrate him. That's all it's about. Don't worry if they they kind of, you know, look a bit different to what you're used to. You're there to participate, to participate in worshipping, to make it a glorious sound, to make it something honourable to God. So how should we celebrate? With everything that we have. Maybe we could just adjust a little bit maybe of our thinking and our practice when it comes to celebrating here. Maybe no, don't just reserve it. Yes, please, the big weekend, let's make it the best big weekend we've ever had. Praising and celebrating our God. But let's not just reserve it for then. Because as we've already said, this is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. So every time, every day we wake up, the sun is up. Praise God. 
That's what the Bible tells us. So we have a responsibility on a daily basis. We have a responsibility, but also as a church, as a local church, on a weekly basis. Can we come on a Sunday ready and prepared to praise God? Can we get here on time? Uh -oh. Can we well, get here early, KD says. KD can get here early. I'm sure all of us can. Come on, this is about honouring and praising our mighty creator God. Can we do that? Can we make his praise glorious? Let's make his praise, praise glorious. In our time, in our place, on our watch. We're all responsible, aren't we? Let's do our bit and play our part. So we can celebrate with our praise, with our effort, with our intention, with, with our, the, the desire for a purposeful engagement with giving God what he's due. We live on purpose. We live knowing that he provides. We have a mindset as well. We continue as well to praise and celebrate God by continuing to receive his forgiveness, living in his forgiveness, not living under a cloud of shame, living in faith that he is going to meet our needs both now and in the future. And also living in a way that offers forgiveness to other people. This is all praise of our God and refusing to entertain sin. This is all praise and honor and celebration of a God who has done so much for us, who has shed his own blood, who, who no longer required the blood of bulls and goats in order to make atonement between us and him, but gave his very own life by coming as the son, Jesus Christ, and dying on that cross and shedding his own blood and having his own body broken that we could know forgiveness of sin that we could know the bread of life sustaining us day after day hour after hour minute after minute moment after moment morning after morning So when should we praise? Well, I think I've already referred to that. The Bible tells us this is the day the Lord has made. And now is the day of salvation. The scripture talks about it being now and it being today. It's every day and it's every moment that we can. And it's always too. Uh, even in tough times and that can be very very challenging but our God tells us to remember that he is faithful that he is constant when all around is all in turmoil he remains the same and he is trustworthy and and sometimes we do not understand a lot of the time we don't understand why sometimes things are going the way they are but we put our trust in a God who continues to love us and has a plan and has a purpose for us and all humanity. And so we honor him. And who should praise him? Well, 
Psalm 150, the very last verse of the whole of the Psalms, encouraging us to praise. I would encourage you to read those Psalms, okay, uh, in, 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 in encouragement to help us to celebrate. And the very last verse says, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. And I was walking out in the countryside, and I know Mark Button referred to it the other week, and I, and I was listening to the birds singing, they're praising our God, aren't they? They have their dawn chorus too, don't they? And I'm sure they're praising their creator God, you know, because the Bible says, if you won't cry out, then the rocks and the stones will cry out. God will have his praise resound. Let's join in as his created beings, praising our creator. Let everything the Bible encourages praise the Lord. How about you? Will you praise him? Will you stir up those praise muscles within you, those vocal cords, those dancing feet? Okay, that's how we're meant to praise and in choosing to follow him every day and rejecting sin. Let's honor him as we are called to do, but let's do it corporately too and make his praise glorious. Yeah? Let's do that together. I'm going to ask Jo, she's going to come and she's going to share a little testimony and then we're going to praise together we're going to pray and then praise and Dave and the band are going to come and we're going to sing just to just to finish this part of the service come on Joe. let's give her a round of applause uh, morning I, I really it's basically Sarah just what you've said I was sat in um, as we was all worshipping and uh, David talked about the mice and in the cages can you hear me everybody it's so nerve-wracking being up here so when I was, I was sat down and um, exactly what Sarah's just said, the last Psalm, 150, um, let everything that has pray, breath praise the Lord. And, um, and especially when we are in those cages, when you have got those situations going that you just, you don't feel like praising. You are, sometimes we live in a, we live and we are bombarded by circumstance, health, finances, family issues, things aren't going right, you don't get up in the right mood. We've all got moods that do this, if anybody's like me, and it's God that stabilizes our moods. And I have so learned to rely on the steadfast truth of who God is in those times. So whoever you are, whatever you are, I have learned that when you do not get up feeling everything, feeling like it is, do not go on your feelings. Remind yourself of the faithfulness of God because there is always something to be thankful for. And, and that, that just resonates every day. That will stabilize everything. Because as you praise, you lift God up. You lift him, lift him above. He, he is within. He's good all the time and nothing seems as big when you remember who God is and and that just has changed everything for me and even the small things there's no insignificant in the kingdom of God nobody is insignificant whatever your troubles are are not insignificant to God so remember his faithfulness remember your debts paid 
Remember, he loves you. Remember, he already knows about it. You just need to take it to him. So that gives us something, always something to be praising about, just that you are loved regardless of your mistakes, regardless of who you think you are, what other people have said you are. That is insignificant. God is the one who calls you precious, calls you loved, sent his son. So that's it. Amen. Can we stand? Can we stand if you're able to? Or get ready to praise God. Do that. It's to help you do that. (laughs) And to help you do that. Do that. It's to help you do that. (laughs) Okay, just limber up a bit so there's no pull muscles. Okay, we're going to pray and then we're going to hand to the band. And we're just going to praise one song. But it's our hearts, isn't it? And let's have our hearts as a heart that wants to praise our God. Lord God, we lift you up. We thank you for the incredible blessings that we receive from you day after day, moment after moment and Lord God our hearts desire us that you are praised that you are lifted up, that you are honoured and I just pray Lord God that we will be a people who can join in the throng of the heavenly hosts and the, and the people of God around the world and we can make at this time in this place your praise glorious. Uh, I pray, Lord God, you will look down on us as New Life Church and be pleased with the offering that we give to you and the praise that we bring. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this message from New Life in North Lincolnshire. To find out more, do visit us online at newlifechurch.uk or why not pay us a visit? We'd love to see you.